Hey everybody, welcome to Rockfile Talkfile, the official podcast of the Colorado Rockies subreddit. Um, we also partner with rockspile.com. You can find us on Twitter at, at @rockiesub, and you can find the sub um, the podcast through Apple or Google Play. We're just glad that you're here to hear us talk about the Colorado Rockies. My name is Zach, otherwise known as username Zach17. Uh, what's up, John? What's up, guys? Username JFoster15. Jason? Hey, guys, I'm Jason, username JSA17. And we got Nate joining us today. Hey, guys, how's it going? Nate, uh, username error term. Right on. Um, I didn't really have much of an intro this time. It was going to be something like Desmond isn't a hot flaming pile of garbage. He's just a pile of garbage. You didn't get my lead in that I sent in our Slack group? I did, but that was like a whole while ago. It was so good, I thought. Go for it. All right. If Ian Desmond hits a home run and AT&T Sportsnet doesn't broadcast it, does it really count? (laughs) (laughs) Did it really happen? Does AT&T Sportsnet Uh, even exist? Which brings up the fact that uh, we didn't talk about it last week, but AT&T Sports has announced their broadcast schedule for next year. And it's 150 games again. 150 games. So there will be 12 games again this season, or uh, almost 8% of Rockies games that will not be televised in their home market. And like we talked about a couple weeks ago, when they're not televised in their home market, even if you have MLB TV, it's still blacked out. So you literally cannot watch the game if you live in Denver. Yeah, and I bet we'll miss like a David Dahl cycle or something. Yeah, when... Oh, if he's there. he's too good to be on the team we can't have that I think that's what we're kind of leading with today is that people who are good for the Colorado Rockies don't deserve to be on the Colorado Rockies opening day roster yeah Although Ryan McMahon good job in spring bro have fun in AAA you guys want to talk about Ryan McMahon's stats uh, let's do it because They said it's not a service time issue. I would have been perfectly fine if they had given some BS service time excuse, but they didn't. So it's not like they didn't give McMahon a long enough look. He had 57 at-bats, leading the team, and he's got like an average of 333, an on-base of 367, slugging 509. His on-base plus slugging is 875, which, as Jason said last time, is kind of like a high B+. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty solid B. Leads the team in doubles with Trevor Story. So seven doubles. And that's somebody that that he probably has not gotten develop has not developed fully his home run power. So those mm-hmm. doubles with enough maybe next year will probably be home runs. And we won't get to see that at least to start the year on the major league roster. But if you're hitting doubles all day, we need somebody. Well, and especially at Coors if you're hitting doubles because those doubles are going to turn into triples a lot. Yeah. And then if he can hit some into triples alley in San Francisco. Yeah, especially if Hunter Pence is playing out there, it'll turn into an inside-the-park home run. Yeah, who he also hit home run today. Just not so great. In case I wanted to put the fire out there. Damn you, Hunter Pence. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Sam Howard is getting lit up right now. I know we can't watch the game because... We're not allowed to, Things. but Sam Howard got lit up today. Um, and then talking about some spring training stats, looking at um, I mean, like if you, if you just sort by OPS for our players, 
Um, in the top 10 are Para, Story, Ionetta, LeMayhew, Blackman, and Arenado. So a significant chunk of our starting lineup uh, is in the top 10 for OPS so far in spring training. Now, granted, those guys that are going to be in our starting lineup don't have nearly as many at-bats or plate appearances as some of the younger guys. Um, but when they have had plate appearances, they've certainly made the most of them. So that's, and spring training stats aren't hugely meaningful, but it's a little bit of a, maybe take it as a good sign. Yeah, and I don't know if you, I don't know if you guys saw today's lineup, but it looks like what our lineup's probably going to look like on opening day, save for Tom Murphy and John Gray pitching, because it goes Blackman, LeMayhew, Arenado, Story, Cargo, Desmond playing first base, Para, and then it would be Ionetta, and then John Gray. So I'm going to guess we just saw a sneak preview of our opening day lineup. Yeah. Nate, you excited by that? I still don't know why they wouldn't put DJ ahead of Charlie Blackman. I just think that that just makes so much sense. I mean, I know that he's been good out of the uh, leadoff spot, Chuck has, but I just feel like we got to put someone in, um, ahead of him. Yeah, I mean, it It seems to make sense that with a lot of the forward-thinking baseball minds say your best hitter should hit two, and we're deciding to hit him one, which is unfortunate. We're deciding to hit him one, and then as we've talked about, we're deciding to hit him in front of a guy who hits a lot of ground balls. So it's just, it's almost a waste. Copies of like the book or something, get like some kind of campaign going, or a protest <laughs> or something. Just, they, ha- they have that deal where you can send in a donation to ro- to the Rockies, and oh, like, yeah. a player will sign something as long as you send a donation. Should we all send a donation to Bud Black that is that book, and then say, "Will you autograph the last page?" Or like, you have to read up to a certain point or anything like that. Yeah, tell them to like. Re- I can't. <laughs> Period. It's weird that Black is still doing that. And I and even I guess Padres fans will tell you that Black is a pitcher's guy and knows how to work a bullpen, knows how to work a rotation, but then kind of gets stuck in his ways when it comes to the lineup. So, I mean, we certainly had an example of that last year, but hopefully he'll get him work himself out of that rut. Yeah, I mean, and I wonder if that he was banking on Tapia being the leadoff guy because the beginning of spring, Tapia hit leadoff in basically every game he played in, and he didn't hit exceptionally well. I mean, his on-base percentage is just under 300, which isn't great. But, so I mean, I, I wonder if he was willing to do it, but only if it was Rymel Tapia. Talking about Tapia, John, is he? Uh, he's supposed to be the guy who steals bases, and so far he's stolen three and been caught three times. Unless that was just not updated for being picked off. No, I think those are his three pickups. I don't think he's been caught straight stealing it. I think he's just been picked off. Being picked off. Um, Which is unfortunate. Because <laughs> being picked off, I would I would prefer if he had three caught stealing, they were all gunned down at second base. Not, not being picked work. off. Yeah. Now, I, I believe that the Rockies, at least as of a couple of days ago, had the most stolen bases of any team in spring training. Um it That's was, because of Garrett Hampson. 
It is a lot of it's because <laughs> of Garrett Hansen. But if they're gonna, if they're gonna, we were very much in the bottom half of the league last year. I think we were bottom five in the league last year, even in stolen bases. So if they're gonna focus on stealing bases, which seems to be the trend that they've gone through in spring training so far, um, I mean they have about thirty stolen bases and only what nine caught stealing so far. So the rate has still been pretty good. And if it's something, I know small ball is not fun to watch at Coors, but if they're going to play small ball at Coors, so far the trend of stealing looks pretty decent for the Rockies. Yes, Tappy has been picked off, but a lot of guys are stealing bases. So Yeah, and I wonder if, you know, Bud play, uh, managed in San Diego for so long where you kind of had to play small ball because Petco was huge. And then he worked with the Angels before that and after that. And Mike Sosha is kind of a small ball guy. So, I mean, it might just be his philosophy in general. And he's just not willing to break that. <laughs> who does defense and pitching only. It's nice to have someone who's able to do it. But, like, if we really need two GMs so we can sign one good offensive bat, and, I mean, we'll see what happens with Cargo. Do you guys read up on the actual contract of Cargo? Yeah, kind of interesting because it was originally reported as a straight one-year, $8 million deal by Patrick Saunders. And then, who is it, Jerry Krasnick got the actual numbers, and it's not a straight one-eight. So his new con- or his contract that Krasnick has reported, I shouldn't say his new contract, but the way it's been reported is that he gets a $5 million guaranteed contract. And then if he spends 125 days on the roster, he gets a million bucks. At 150, he gets an extra million. At 175, he gets an extra million. So I would imagine, I mean, you're not going to see Carlos get sent down to the minors. Uh, he would not certainly have options. And even if he's having a poor spring, I don't necessarily think he would clear waivers or a poor year he would clear waivers. Um, so that's going to be as long as he stays healthy and registers uh, service time, he'll get an extra million dollars at certain levels. So. And- it's kind of an interesting contract because I wonder if it's built in for injury issues. Even though I know Carlos has been hurt the last few years, but last year he was relatively healthy. So, so I, I find it interesting that. And if you're on the disabled list, that actually doesn't you don't those t- that time spent on the disabled list doesn't count towards your service time. So it's definitely hey, you're going to get an extra million bucks at three different levels if you stay healthy. Yeah, so. I mean, it, as long as he stays healthy, he can bat like 180, <laughs> and he'll get that money. Yeah, he won't so. go anywhere. Um, so, because like I, I don't see, I don't see them willing to designate him for assignment at any point, and there's no way Carlos would accept a demotion to AAA. So, right. Yeah, he's not really going anywhere, and I'm trying to remember how many days. Um, there are 187 days on this year's season. So if he stays healthy for 175 of those, which I think everybody would just be absolutely shocked. Ridiculous. Yeah. But that would be the upper end of that contract. So you're probably not going to see him make that $8 million. Like it's just, it would be really surprising if it happened, but it's a possibility. Yeah. So, I mean, at worst case scenario, I one five sounds a lot better than one eight. I wish it was have been would have been re- originally reported at that. I probably wouldn't have scoffed at it as much. I know three million is not a huge difference, but it just feels different. I'm much more it. in favor of this contract now that I see it that way. Yeah, but I'm still we still have the glut of outfielders, and now we're now Ryan McMahon's not going to make it basically because what Saunders reported that is very doubtful. Yeah, even though I mean, he's doing really well. Yeah, I think we all thought he was basically a guaranteed lock to make the 25. And then once they started Carlos, 
Well, yeah, it looked like they were grooming him up yeah. until uh, they signed Cargo, and then we just, I don't know, the math didn't work out. Or we said, man, it sure seems like Ryan McMahon's going to be the starting first baseman and jinx something again. <laughs> so we should just tell everybody the Rockies going to lose, you know, 120, 130 <laughs> games, and we'll jinx that. Um, so it's been almost, we're a little over halfway of spring training, and it's kind of, we can start judging a couple of things. Uh, wins and losses aren't really that important um, because you're just seeing who's got what. Um, and the standings really aren't that important. Um, I don't know if how you guys feel about, um, I was kind of looking at the runs scored versus runs allowed in the league to kind of see like who is giving up more and who's giving up less. And we are at plus four and... Um, I was thinking that we weren't having that good of like an offensive start at spring training because I was worried about the offense. But the run scored puts us at like seventh in the Cactus League, 138 runs scored. So basically half. Yeah. I mean, we're... And, and again, it's spring training. Yeah. And a ton of them happened like... One or yeah, two 18. Days ago. When was that? Yeah, I guess we could talk about how Shohei Otani is no Bust. Tay, no Tani. <laughs> Bust. <laughs> Obviously. Um, Nothing good can ever happen for him. Or, I actually don't know what we're supposed to say anymore with the jinxing of the jinxing. So, well, I don't know that we have to worry about jinxing Shohei Otani because he seems we to are, be. <laughs> we are playing them in this season. So we do, we do play them for two games in May. So, yeah. hopefully, he doesn't hit two cycles because of this. I don't know. I hope he pitches against us in Coors because we just lit him up. <laughs> oh my that gosh, was beautiful. Well, and the thing about Otani in that start wasn't it wasn't that he just went out and had a bad start. It's that he is like all through spring training, especially his fastball is just laser straight. I mean, yeah, you mm-hmm. can't throw that pitch to major league hitters because they're going to murder it every single time. Yeah, yeah, the general consensus is his off-speed pitches are next level, but that fastball is just getting destroyed right it's, now. Split it's a, great, it's a pitching machine fastball. That's what it's coming out at. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, no movement at all. Yeah, and I think that's how Ian Desmond hits a home run off you. The ball has to be as straight as possible. Has to be straight. <laughs> Can't no movement, not even a centimeter of movement. Uh, <laughs> um, another thing that was uh, a little. Surprising. I mean, he hasn't had a lot of it bats, but Para. Okay, never mind. He's he's back. He's got eight at bats. He's healthy-ish. He's back. He's back. <laughs> but in eight at bats, he's doing really good. Yeah, eight at yeah. bats is a good enough sample size to obviously extrapolate. It's it's not enough to say yeah. anything perfectly, <laughs> but it's enough to say that he's not hurt. I think yeah. it. I mean, I think I agree with John. I think it trends out to him being the MVP this year. Yeah, I don't see how that doesn't work out. <laughs> I don't see any way it could go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely never going to go wrong. Clearly, the top option. <laughs> right, and by that logic, Pat Blake will never get a hit in his life. Right. Nope. Yeah, he's he he's no not, longer he Patty Barrels. Yeah, he's yeah. not Patty Barrels anymore. He's more like Natty Ice Barrels. <laughs> oh, oh, nice. uh, that's rough. Is that going back to his? Early college days. <laughs> high school. No, trust me, I wasn't drinking that in high school. I would never do something illegal in high school. Yeah, that's why I changed it to early college days. I changed. Thank it. you. Thank well, you very and much. Co- I think in Colorado, everybody drinks Keystone instead of Natty. I do have a partial to Keystone. Yeah, I'm all about that Ham's life. 
Ham's life. I had, I had Ham's last night at a friend's house. It was amazing. Ugh. Yeah. Um, so basically halfway through spring training, um, don't pay attention to things except for the people who've had 50 at-bats and who will not be on the team because they should start in AAA because that's the way the news goes. That's yeah. the way it rolls. I have to mention, I don't know if he, well, I have to oh, mention my guy again really quick just because I mention him every week and he's still doing well. <laughs> Sam Hilliard. Yeah. Hit another home run Hill. the other day. Yeah, he's... <laughs> Boy, doing, did he really show up for us? Right, he's doing pretty well. He's got, I mean, he's he's got twenty five at bats now, but he still has an OPS of eleven sixty. Um, he's got a couple home runs now. I'll take him all day long. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but our backup catcher position is hotly contested. Tom Murphy with his six forty OPS in twenty nine at bats, and uh-huh. Tony Walters his six ninety in twenty four at bats. So yeah. hotly so, contested. And, so and you look at you look at the that OPS with Walters, especially that um, you know he didn't hit a home run in the regular season last year, and he hasn't hit a home run so far in spring training this year. Uh, the last home run he hit was in spring training of last year. So yeah, his his on base percentage is three fifty seven. His slugging is three thirty three. It's not often you see a guy with a higher on base percentage than his slugging, it, even with twenty four at bats. It's re- it's like hard to do almost. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. Um, but Anthony Bamboom has kind of shown up a little bit, and his is a really small sample size. But yeah, mm-hmm. twelve yeah. at bats with a thirteen hundred OPS. Yeah, but at least hitting, at least so I guess to I'm push trust this. to push uh, Murphy and Walters is probably the job of Bamboom, and he's doing that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, but, uh, do we lose that much if we like for some reason like well Murphy's not doing it and Walters not doing it? Let's see what Bamboom has because well we'd have to release somebody many, from the forty man. Uh, to get him on because he's not on there and we and didn't release anybody to sign Carlos so that's kind of we did a 60 day of what Jan uh, Ryan Gonzalez Ryan so I don't yeah, know I'm not sure who they'd send yeah I, I think, don't see I, I an think, obvious I, candidate I think Ben Boom's job like I said was to be there to push Walters and Murphy and he's done that it's just that Walters and Murphy haven't really responded if yeah. I mean, if Walters can't get his batting average up and his framing's not there, we could lose him again, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't be sad if they, if Ben Boom was the guy they decided to be the backup, and Walters was the guy they decided to get off the forty man. You know who I, else is on the forty man who's interesting? Uh, Noel Cuevas. Yeah, he's kind of a. I like he's him, been but sneaky. he's. Yeah, he's a. He's a. I have read scouting reports that say he plays a good center field defense. So if mm-hmm. he plays a good center field defense, he's good on the corners too. So he could be somebody that, you know, in September when we expand rosters, he could be a late inning uh, defensive substitution and maybe win us a game or two. Or he could be like the 20th outfielder that is on our roster. Yeah, I don't see why not. We should just have an entire roster of outfielders. I think so. Yeah. We could just start throwing there. the ball from instead of the pinching mound. We'll just throw it from center field. Yannick Gaza apparently can do that, so that'd be dope. <laughs> the longest pitch of all time. You know, if you think about that, we actually I, I'm just going through it in my head, and I feel like we have a roster of like we could field a, a, a batting lineup of outfielders that could play each position. Yeah, you could. Yeah, because you have Valeka could play third, Desmond could play uh-huh. short. Yeah. Uh, I think Hilliard can play second. I've heard, even though he's massive. Um, yeah, you got anybody, any one of them could slot in at first, and then you'd have your outfielders. So I guess you'd need a catcher still. But Two, Mike Talkman, he's the catcher. Mike Talkman's the catcher. We okay. have we have eight outfielders on the forty right now. 
Yeah, you could just do a whole line up there. That's, <laughs> that's, that's just literally everybody. And you could do the lineup, like you could literally do the eight man lineup, but you could also like you could slot them in at each no, position. And I'm sorry, I, I, I misspoke. Um, Jordan Patterson is an infielder, so that's nine outfielders. Lies. And then Pat Belake is everybody's every man. Yeah, so. he's yeah. all over the place. Yeah, and we could probably put Tony Walters in right field. You know, why not? <laughs> why well, not? He came up as a second baseman, so yeah. The only reason why we got him, we're just getting him farther and farther away from the plate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I guess let's uh, let's go to the next segment. Um, either something about NL West stories. We'll probably take a question early about it's still early for spring training, but what about the pitching? So. We'll see you guys after the break. Welcome back to the Rock Pile Talk Pile. We're here for the second segment. Um, John wanted to talk about his favorite thing this week. Yeah, I don't know if everybody missed this, but uh, You Must Be Cinderella, UMBC, upset a one seed for the first time ever in the NCAA what? tournament. And it was one of the greatest moments of my life, if that tells you anything about how much I love sports. That was one of the greatest moments of your life? One of the greatest moments of my well, life. How many greatest moments forget. do you get? Like Probably like 152. Oh, okay, okay. So it's like 151. So yeah. more, more, you get more great moments than AT&T sports televises. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly why I picked that number. That's their slogan. Just enough games give you the greatest moments. <laughs> but none more. Please do something. So I uh, hope everybody uh, was excited when that happened, even if it killed your bracket, which I almost guarantee it did to everybody's. But yeah, I think uh, on ESPN, 3% of people had picked UMBC. And, and they, they were didn't all probably joke. <laughs> and they didn't just beat them. Like they, they dominated out of the building. Yeah. Yeah. Beat it by 20 points. points. So, one of, the greatest, one of the greatest upsets in sports history. Well, I thought we should mention it on a sports podcast. <laughs> you know what one of the greatest upsets in sports history would be? Is if the Padres did something this year. You know, there's Alex Cobb and Greg Holland are still free agents. And if I, was, if I was A.J. Preller, I would sign them to like a one or two year deal and then flip them at the deadline or flip mm-hmm. them in the offseason if it's a two year deal. You could get, you could get good prospects back for those guys. Yeah, I mean, you could do the same thing. Like, you could sign some guy named Jordan Lyles, and then he could turn around. <laughs> he will not be a trade deadline piece. Um, no, he will I, be a DFA piece. I don't know a ton about Alex Cobb, but just seeing Greg Holland still being unsigned on March 18th is it's just is shocking Weird. to me. It's, it, really it doesn't make is. any sense. Like, is he asking for just some ridiculous contract? I know he turned down 351 from the Rockies, so... He turned out a lot from us, um, and then the question was, did he turn that down because it was the Rockies? And I know he had a good year here last year with the exception of August, but what's he asking for that we're at the end of March or coming to the end of March and he's unsigned? It's got to be he's asking for at least the qualifying offer number since he turned that down. That's got to be it. Which he's not, I mean, clearly he's not going to get at this point. No, probably not. And I think Cobb's probably doing that. I mean, Cobb got hurt by Lynn mm. signing a one-year, $12 million contract because which, I guarantee Cobb was looking for the qualifying offer one year, too. Which was so a big, that was a big too. surprise, too, Lance Lynn signing that deal. Yeah. After supposedly turning down a bigger deal from the Twins and then not getting anything else and so, so signing a smaller deal after a while. 
Yeah, Jeff, did you hear that? When uh, when the guy turned down the deal, they or GM went back to them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he totally might do. have done that with Luke Ryan. Luke Ryan might have said no, but still, I'm just going to give him crap for it because I can't. <laughs> We'll, and I mean, we'll Holland's, Holland's thirty-two. He just turned thirty-two, so he's not—you know—he's not at the uh, at the end of his career or anything like that. But and you, you could reasonably expect him to have a better year next year because he's a year removed from Tommy John surgery, right? And maybe he's of that, playing it that he wants to get a little bit more, like a month or two more, possibly for his arm, and still try something. I don't know who would do that, but. If he's really, really dedicated to getting that number and coming back in and not having the full workload of the season, because he he lost it at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if he signs after a certain date in May, and I apologize, I don't know the exact date, then we don't. There's no draft compensation attached to him, so we would not get a draft pick if he signed. I believe it's like it's somewhere in the middle of May. So if he signs after that, Come we don't on, get Greg. a draft pick from it. That Come would be on. that would be greatly disappointing. What yeah, do we ever do to you? Yeah. Um, so anyway, let's let's start with um, the Padres. They made a lot of moves for people who might do things. Yeah, but. they're uh, they're loading up for they're in their own trust the process mode. I mean, they got Hosmer and a bunch of utility guys, basically. They traded away Jan Hervis Solarte, which is my favorite lot. name. I know. And he was one of my re- one of the reasons why I liked watching Padres, just to hear someone say Jan Hervis. <laughs> Such a it's great name. Now. He was he was pretty good. He uh, yeah. he was utility. Could do anything, and he was the only guy who was like he probably going to get a hit this time. Yeah, I don't know. Their roster is going to be super interesting. Um, they're not going to be very good this year. I'd be really surprised if they were. But they've got some pieces that'll be interesting to watch, and they'll. You know, I, I don't think they're going to win a ton of games, probably somewhere in the 70s. But uh, they've got some interesting guys. Jose Perella, um, Franchi Cordero can both really hit the ball far and hard. Uh, mm-hmm. Hunter Renfro can do the same, but he strikes out a lot. I like Hunter. Yeah, and they've got this pitcher, Dinelson Lament, who had a really good rookie year last year. And so they kind of expect him to be their ace for the next couple mm-hmm. of years. Well, Dino there's also Sim. Manuel Margot's had a pretty good year, yeah. and he he always looks like he's about to do something bigger. He's so fast. I know. So, um, if you look at Pakoda, which we've talked a little bit about, but Pakoda has the Padres at 73 and 89, so they have them finishing last in the mm, NL yeah. West. Yeah, Zips has them at 71, and or that's last year. They have them at 73 and 89 as well. So, um, I mean, we've talked about the Padres are probably two or three years out, but. It does seem like, I mean, we all hated the Hosmer signing mainly because of the money, not because of Hosmer, but mm-hmm. um, they do have a lot of pieces that that team, I feel like that team could could, could surprise a lot of people. If they finished 500, I, I don't know that I would be blown away by it. No. Yeah, they're they're definitely somebody that when they, when we play them, it's, it's not going to be like we're playing the oh Phillies of a couple years ago. Right. Or you know who they, who they signed, who, who could totally turn around finally? Alan Craig. Nice. Forgot uh, that dude existed. Right. I know, so did I. I just looked him up. He's a, he's a padre. Hey. How old is Alan Craig little. now? He's 33. The is interesting thing with the padres Jeez. is they've got like a bunch of 33-year-old, 34-year-olds, and 27-year-olds, and I think they're just waiting to bust out the younger guys in a little bit. Yeah, they're still, like Jason said, they're still a few years away, but they've got some interesting guys that... They'll, be, they'll at least be entertaining to watch this year for Padres fans and for people who just like baseball in general. 
I like Luis Perdomo from what I saw. I like him too. He's got the, I think he was either the highest or the second highest ground ball rate last year, somewhere like low 60%. It's, it's pretty ridiculous how often he gets ground balls. And if you're, I mean, if you're a Padres fan, you know, we talk about our lack of catcher production. You are going to be pretty happy with Austin Hedges, I feel like. Yes, guy's such the guy's got a really good rep as a good defensive catcher. Yeah. So the uh, ground ball percentage Luis Perdomo last year is sixty one point eight. Yeah. That is really high. Real nice. Yeah. Yeah. But he also has a really high home run per fly ball rate. So it's a uh, twenty one was twenty sixteen and fifteen percent was twenty seventeen. So it's either <laughs> on the ground or out of the ground. <laughs> this and is why Ian Desmond hit so many home runs. And it's that's I mean it's kind of surprising to hear a, a high fly ball to home run rate when you're pitching at Petco. It just we, as you said earlier, Petco is an enormous park that is dense. The air is dense there. It's hard to hit a ball a long way at Petco. Right. Yeah, I, they've they tried to move in the, in the walls, but they did move it, walls. So. It, yeah. Um, but we'll see. The Padres probably going to surprise anybody, but the fact that they exist in the NL West means that the Dodgers are that much better. I think. Yeah, and it it I mean, the Padres pretty much guarantee us not finishing last in the NL West unless things go really bad. Not in, come on. <laughs> We've got to be better than the Padres. Yeah, things would have to go. I we, we remember bad. we got in an argument with somebody about how the Rockies were never really that bad. Somebody accused us of not being that bad. Like, no, 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 we finished fifth plenty of times. <laughs> yeah, no. We just we're never the best lost 100 that. games. There we go. We just never lost 100 games. You know, um didn't the did the Giants lose hundred games recently? Or they did not lose hundred games last year, but they were dang close. They were dang 97 close. Ninety-seven losses. Yeah, they were what dang close, they and they were, were doing it. They've basically done everything they can this year to be competitive. Well, in in two thousand and nine, yeah. <laughs> yeah, imagine uh, two thousand. Imagine if they had to go back and replay 2011 after they won that World Series. Oh, They'd probably man. go back to back now. Probably. Um, the the Giants, I feel, aren't as good as the Giants fans say they are. They've got they've got a really small. What's the word I'm looking for? Wasn't they, it like they, a, a year or two ago? Like their infield, like everybody just like was on fire. Panic and Belts and Crawford were all on fire, and they had some third baseman who was actually pretty decent that year. And then, yeah, they, and they've got this tiny margin for error. Like if just one or two things goes bad for the Giants, it's just going to snowball, just mm-hmm. like it did last year. And they've been bad since the second half of 2016. I mean, mm-hmm. they had the worst record in the second half of 2016, and then almost the worst record last year. I mean, they've been bad for a year and a half. It doesn't help that Maz and Bumgarner was hurt last year. Yeah, hopefully uh, he doesn't ride any more dirt bikes in Denver. Right, car dirt bikes. And and Zach, you made the joke that the that the Giants would be good would be good in two thousand nine, just because um, yeah yeah going out and getting Evan Longoria and Andrew McCutcheon. Yeah, if you signed those guys, maybe not a decade ago, but five years ago, you mm-hmm. I mean those are all star. MVP caliber players. They're, they're great and, guys too. That's yeah. the other thing I hate is I can't hate the Giants as much as I used to because like Evan Longoria and Andrew McCutcheon are just good guys. Andrew McCutcheon has funny Twitter videos and it makes me love him. Yeah. I still will never get used to McCutcheon without the hair though. I just I see him and I'm like I know that's Andrew McCutcheon, but you're not Andrew McCutcheon. <laughs> I think we also got work. lucky. Uh, Cueto didn't have a great year last year. 
Yeah, he's always been somebody yeah. who beats out his like FIP and his BABIP and stuff, but it finally caught up to him this year, and I don't know if that's a thing that'll continue or if he's going to just beat his peripherals again. Yeah, leading into last year, their rotation looked a lot scarier than it ended up being, just because Cueto was a disappointment and Bumgarner didn't play. And Samarja is not as good as he used to be. Samarja has elite strikeout to walk ratio, and it I mean it's probably top five in the majors, and for some reason he just cannot make that better. I don't know. Melanson happened too, you know? Melanson was not very Melanson. Remember how badly all of us wanted Melanson. Mark Melanson? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I do remember that. I will admit that we were wrong and I'm very lucky. Well, and we can't, you know, it was it was a thing of not only wanting Melanson, but thinking Melanson would come here because he is a golden high school product. Yeah, what the and, hell, Melanson? And then oh, kind of, yeah, thinking year. to ourselves like, well, why did he? Why did he pick them? And then halfway through the season, thinking like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad he picked them. That's so glad. <laughs> um, so Samarja's strikeout per walk last year was actually six point four one. That's crazy good. Yeah, I'm telling you, I, I don't know how he does not. He's not a better pitcher because he's he's got that elite level. It's, it's so weird to me. He's 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 a perplexing player. Huh. I think he's gonna, he's just allowing a lot of hits, just like yeah, I mean, probably. You know what happens is is I don't I don't know how many Samarja starts you guys watch when he's not playing the Rockies, but he usually will be cruising for like four innings, and then all of a sudden the fifth inning he just gets lit up, and it it comes out of nowhere too. Mm-hmm. So he did it. Yeah, he had a high whip last year. He had a good, hit a decent FIP. Um, he I, did pitch. He pitched the most innings of anybody in the National League last year. Some Archie did. Wow. wow. His um, home run per nine was as highest at one point three, and in twenty sixteen was only one point oh six. So that was another issue for him. Yeah. So the Giants are basically going to live off of guys playing as best they can to be successful. They as if Brandon Crawford has another rough year. Mm-hmm. Evan Longoria has basically stayed at above average so if he stays there McCutcheon's been you know up and down they've got Hunter Pence and Austin Jackson in their outfield too who are both in their mid 30s I mean they're they're relying on a lot of guys to one stay healthy and two maybe this is the year Brandon Belt finally does the thing (sighs) Brandon Belt's I wish he was in I wish he was our first baseman because that guy would kill it at course it's since I we're talking not. about the Giants is the one mm-hmm. time that you can admit, but because other than that, I hate them across the board. But <laughs> Brandon Crawford and Joe Panic are two players that I like a lot. Like I really enjoy watching Brandon Crawford play, and I like Joe Panic a lot too. Yeah, he's, so Crawford's defense is is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, I mean they do um, have they do have some guys that you know if the Crawford Panic Belt infield shows up, that's a scary infield it, that can really put up some numbers. It looks like they're just relying on old guys to be what they used to be. Like, let me just let me just read some names from you. We got Aaron Hill. Nice. We got uh, Michael playing baseball. Exactly. This is the game. Is he playing or not playing? Still, Michael Morse. No, he had a concussion because of Hunter Strickland (laughs) throwing his pitch at Bryce Harper three years later. We got Justin Reggiano. Who? You don't remember Justin Reggiano was like Reggiano. a Marlins person? Cheese. I, I always called him cheese. He just might be cheese. Pablo <laughs> Sandoval, this might be the year. Maybe. Uh, did he lose weight? Like, I'm, That's an honest question. Not, I have him. no idea. Yeah, I, I know he lost he weight, but How he'll much? come back in. I would um, hope he did. This could be the season Chase Darnold finally does the thing he's supposed to do. No. No. 
So, yeah, the Giants are perplexing. If everybody performs out of their minds, they could be a scary team, but... Yeah, so if we went back to Zips, Zips, Zips has them an 82 and 80, which I feel like is a safe projection for them. But it would need a lot of things to go right. Yeah. So Pakoda also has them at 82 and 80, interestingly, so that's two teams so far that Zips and Pakoda agree on. Hmm. Hmm. Um, moving up to teams that aren't us, uh, the Diamondbacks, they look a lot like us, but are slightly better. And why is that? You know, I every projection system has them in the ballpark of like seven games better than us. And when I look at Arizona, I see a team that's got the same questions around pitching as we do as they outperformed every pre- projection system last year. So who knows how that holds on. Their offense is better than ours, but their bullpen is worse than ours. So I feel like that cancels each other out. Right. Um, their their pitching lineup. They got Robbie Ray having like ungodly year, and then Zach Godley had a godly year. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like yeah, you went with the ungodly too early. <laughs> I know. I, I was hoping that was going to work better than it did. Um, Tywan Walker was had some ideas of being brilliant, and then couldn't cut it sometimes. Yeah, he's a Corbin. Sometimes pitcher. is unhittable. And then sometimes Corbin is just crazy hittable. Like, I don't know what their starting rotation is going to be like this year. I don't either. I don't know what their bullpen is going to be like. We talked about it that it's, if you put on paper anyway, if you put the Rockies and the Diamondbacks on paper, um, there's a lot of places that I think the Rockies are better than the Diamondbacks. And just saying that without bias, I think they're better than the Diamondbacks. But uh, most projection systems, Pakoda and Zips included, have the Diamondbacks finishing you know five six games better than us this season yeah the only places that i would for sure say they're better than us are first base and grinky and that's it i don't feel like they're better than us they're not demonstrably better than us in any other place i don't think i would say catcher offense i would trust an avila mathis more than an ionetta and whoever the hell else we're gonna do but we also talked about how good mathis is at framing and yeah that's true (laughs) Mathis is good. At, yeah, he's good at framing, but they, I think their their catcher that they're going to roll with the most is Alex Avila, who mm-hmm. I don't. It's not I, good at framing. I, yeah, I don't. And he's not good at framing, and I don't. I just don't think he's a great player. I think he's yeah, a he's a he, he's a guy that is your backup catcher, and he's he's starting for the Diamondbacks this year. Yeah, and I remember uh, Jake Lamb was always sounding like he was going to be crazy, but I was reading how his second half is always terrible. Yeah, the last two years he's been. So great in the first half, and he's up in every leaderboard for third baseman. And then mm. the second half, he just tanks. So we'll just walk him in the first half and then pitch him in the second half. <laughs> Might as well. Um, their bullpen, they added Yoshi Hirano, who is like a leader in saves of the Japan- Japanese league. And um, he could be great. He but- got lit up by us the other day. I think we played him last week and we lit him up. Mm-hmm. The Diamondbacks have had the same problem so far in spring that, unfortunately, the Rockies have had, is that um, we're, we're having some blow-up innings where the other team comes out and scores six runs. And the Rockies are going through that, and the Diamondbacks are certainly going through that as well. So I'm not as worried about those, because when we have the super pen in place, that'll hopefully be better. But we got to get our starters to at least the fifth inning, and that's worrisome. Yeah. We're going to get into that in a second. Any, any guys you just like from the uh, Diamondbacks? AJ Pollock is a free agent next year as well with Charlie Blackman, both center fielders, both really good. But Pollock has 
issues staying healthy. So mm-hmm. I, I wonder, one, if he stays healthy, what kind of year he has, and two, between him and Charlie, who gets the higher contract in free agency next year? I, I like Scott Billings a lot. One of Pollock's injuries wasn't really his fault. When he, yeah, that weird elbow one. Yeah, on the la- I think it was the last game of spring training last year. Or, two, or in 2016, rather. Put him out for the yeah. season. Yeah. And I was, I was saying, I, I like Chris Owings. I think he's a good player. He's only 26. He had a great year last year. Yeah, um, and they kind of cleared the way for him to play more because they traded away Brandon Drury, who kind of took at-bats from him. I really liked Drury, too. I know I'm happy that Arizona traded him away. Um, talking about Jake Lamb again really quick, the big thing on him last year too was that that guy cannot hit left-handed pitching. Like hmm. He hit a 144 batting average against left-handed pitching, um, a, a grand 557 OPS last year against left-handed pitching. Nice. So He's there, Carlos Gonzalez. Yeah, I mean, he that guy cannot hit left-handed <laughs> We're the same pitching, team. Which, we are the same team. <laughs> you know, it's a little weird because I know Lamb's got power, but Lamb's always been a pretty good contact hitter, and the fact that he can't even make contact against lefties is just kind of it doesn't fit with his player profile a little bit. Yeah. You know the other thing that scares me about the Diamondbacks is Archie Bradley. Oh he yeah. took a great step forward last year. I mean just He's he, probably gonna be their closer now no, too. No, he should be. I think they have Boxberger think, there too or, or Yoshi might try, but you should let Bradley do it instead of playing around like they did last year. Um, I, I think well they had Rodney. Think, but Right. The uh the stats on Bradley, he had a 9.74 strikeout per nine with a 2.59 walks per nine. Only allowed 0.49 home runs per nine. And what I loved about him, his left on base percentage in 2017 was 88.2. Which is insane. Elite. Really good. Yeah. And if he's their closer, then we don't have to see him bat. Oh, <laughs> the biggest deal. Uh, don't give Archie Bradley a bat. I just hate I like hearing his name gives me uh, flashbacks. I know. <laughs> yeah. And then I think we're his just going to move is on. Elite, though. Moving on to the Dodgers. Let's just give him like five or seven words. The Dodgers are a good baseball team. They're the yes. new they're the new Yankees. Yep. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. They might have Matt Kemp playing in the outfield, which I will laugh at, but then he'll destroy us. So that's definitely not laugh. seven words. <laughs> but I will laugh if he is like somehow playing left or right field for them. I will laugh. Well, he'll he'll eat us up no matter what. I know he will. <laughs> and um, he's had he's had a, he's had a good spring against us. So yeah. uh, he has a good everything against. I us. think our our only hope that the Dodgers don't just destroy us every time and take the NL West is if every single one of their players forgets how, who they were last year. You had Bellinger come out of nowhere. Seager had a good year. Peterson wasn't great, but he was able to do things. Chris Taylor out of nowhere, Austin Barnes out of nowhere. You know, yeah, they have probably the best catching tandem that we've seen in baseball in a really <coughs> long time. It's true, and we'll and we'll be good again this year. That Barnes Grandall yeah. platoon mm-hmm. is is tough. It's really tough. Grandall's a free agent, so Grandall's a free agent after this year. I certainly wouldn't oh. mind the Rockies signing him. Going after that. He's kind of a douchey dude, but he can play really Speaking well. of douchey right. dudes, they have Chase Utley back. Yay! Okay, um, you have three seconds to guess. What's Chase Utley's age? Uh, 39. 30, 37. It was 38. 39. Yeah. 39. Oh, that was right. Oh, yeah. Nice job, Jason. It's, and he looks even older than that, honestly. He's <laughs> got all that gray hair. 
Now, the, a guy that is, I feel like we're going to be hating for a long time to come who's had a good spring against us too is Cody Bellinger. Yeah. I, I read a, I read something the other day. I don't remember what it was, but it was, uh, oh, it was on the fantasy baseball sub. It's uh, they, somebody compared Ryan McMahon to Cody Bellinger last year. That's <laughs> like, I freaking no. wish. Oh my gosh. That's that would be. <laughs> Well, I mean, he, and he might have a Cody Bellinger type year. The problem is he's going to be doing it in Albuquerque. Yeah, right. <laughs> Never come it, up. It's Either, good. Well, I just and yeah, I was just going to say, you know, Bellinger is a is a guy that um, hits the ball hard and he puts the he puts the bat on the ball a lot. Like Cody Bellinger at Coors for the next decade is going to be someone we are just going to be terrified every time he comes to the plate. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, him and Corey Seager. Uh, I am vastly afraid of both of them. Right? Yeah, yeah. The chorus. the chorus of Corey's. How annoying when, was when it Bellinger last year? Showed that? up. I was like, "That's that's what we're going to be like for the last the next five years. We're going to be seeing these two guys all the time." Yeah. Yep. How annoying was it suck. last year that Corey that Kyle Seager went with Corey's brother, and Corey <laughs> Seager didn't go with Kyle's brother? Like it made me dislike jerk. Corey Seager. <laughs> Well, it's so weird is that Kyle's the older one. Right. It should be Corey saying Corey, be. Kyle's But how did, they not do, how did they not just do the same thing together? Like, it made me I feel like know. Corey was just the wet blanket on the whole scenario. He might Poor be. He kind of, I mean, I, I mean, don't. he plays in, in Seattle. I'm pretty sure he's a wet blanket. Well, Kyle was the fun one, though. Corey yeah, Kyle's the, the fun one. Yeah, yeah he was the one joking. And Kyle him. cussed out Jared Weaver, which was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> what, do they, what do they call him? The, the, or that in Seattle, the SOG? Is that what the yeah, fans are referred to guys? So the, the other thing that makes the Dodgers so good is their their bench is pretty darn deep. I mean, literally at every position, they have a guy who has made an all-star team at one point in his life, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the backup, I mean, technically the backup catcher is Grant Dahl, who has he been an all-star? I, I mean, neither I think of them are has. really backups. But you, yeah. have, you have a Chase Utley as a backup, Logan Forsyth as a backup, um, Kike Hernandez. Uh, so I was actually looking, uh, I was af- always afraid of Kike Hernandez and Trace Thompson, and I looked up um, Kike's numbers last year, and his ISA was like 205, but his average is only 215. Yeah, I think Kike, yeah. is, his value is about how he can play literally every position and play it really well. Right. Defensively, he's also at least on on. This is totally anecdotal, but it seemed like he was a pretty good uh, pinch hitter last year. Yeah, he he had an eye for things. That might be why his ISO was so high and his average was so low. Yeah. And then I was afraid of Trace Thompson, but he actually was similarly had a terrible year. Yeah, one twenty two average. And let's not forget about Andrew Tolles, who was in the Rookie of the Year running in two thousand sixteen, and then tore his ACL at the beginning of last year, so he didn't play. And, and yeah, Tolles is a very good player. I yeah. mean, and so I have a lot of respect for the Dodgers. Yeah, like, I mean, they they are the height of what a baseball organization can do if you are willing to scout correctly and mm-hmm. spend the money. And their and their 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 um, rotation is pretty damn good too. Right, but, but the possibility the thing- is Kershaw um, Hill. Yeah, their rotation is probably the only part of their team that I look at and say. That's not a top five unit in baseball. Well, I think because of the injuries. Yeah. And Kenta Maed has kind of been weird where he isn't great sometimes. Mm-hmm. And and you got Ryu probably as their fifth starter who's the same way. Right. Yeah. I, I do I think the person on their team that I like a lot, even though he's probably not as good as Alex Wood. 
Oh yeah, I forgot about Alex Wood. Yeah, like the guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Alex Wood was was really 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 impressive last year. And he changed his pitching motion to kind of help with injuries, apparently. Mm-hmm. So he's banking on not being as hurt. And he yeah. was a guy that the I, I mean I it's I don't want to use the word abuse the system because they just all they did was take it so took advantage of the system. Alex mm-hmm. Wood was a guy that the Dodgers um, moved back and forth on that ten day deal a right. lot. So we didn't see as much of Alex Wood last year as maybe we could have. And as a full out of a full season of Alex Wood, I think he has the potential to be a really really good pitcher. Yeah, yeah, that was a bad trade by the Braves. They yeah. missed on that one. Yeah. So I was looking at Ryu's stats. Um, and Ryu took a step forward from 2016 when his – well, actually, he didn't really play in 2016. In 2017, Ryu had an ERA of 3.77, but his FIP was 4.74. So I would expect him to probably regress more likely due to his home runs per fly ball rate is like 18.6%. Yeah. And – Let's not forget they've got a kid named Walker Bueller in AAA. He's probably going to start the year AAA who can pump what's, 100. What's as the a deal with uh, Urias? Uh, he had a potentially they, they it was billed as a potentially career-ending injury to his shoulder, um, but apparently he's rehabbed pretty well on it. I'm not sure if you'll see him. It, on the majors this year if you do it'll probably be late in the year but uh, when he initially suffered the injury it was thought to be a career-ending injury and he's rehabbed well from it and come back and they're pretty optimistic about it and shoulder injuries for pitchers are really scary when you see elbow yeah. issues you that's something that pitchers recover from a lot when you see shoulder issues yeah that's where careers end yeah, he had some sort of surgery that I want to say was the same one as um, that Webb guy from Arizona who was dominant and then lost it all of a sudden. That Brandon Webb guy, Brandon, Brandon Webb? Webb? Brandon Webb, yeah. yeah. Uh, I miss Brandon Webb. I mean, he was struggling. Yeah, he, was, he, was, he was one of the best pitchers I've ever watched pitch right. in Coors Field. That sinker. Um, one, one of the interesting things that might also be worse for the Dodgers, if you remember, the Dodgers went crazy on spending in July. Um, or June, July, and they just constructed this crazy bullpen. Um, when Mor- Morrow took a step forward, they signed um, the Pittsburgh guy. Um, Tyler Watson. Watson, thank you. They signed another guy. He's with the Giants now. Yeah. Yeah, Watson's gone. They do have Tony Singrani still, who Singrani had a pretty good year last year. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's an interesting guy. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's got that weird motion. Sigrani was good. Um, They still have Ross Stripling, who had a good season last year. He was pretty good. You know who else they have? Pat Venditti. Nice. Yeah, it's totally going to work. For those of you that don't know, he's the pitcher that can throw both right hand and left handed. Well, Can is is different than. Yeah, he doesn't do it elite. It is pretty fun to watch, he, though, and and watching him, you know, he, he yeah. wears a six fingered glove, and he has to indicate before every batter um, which arm he's going to use to throw. It's he's a, it's it's just outside, like it, even if he's just a league average player, it's just fun to watch when Diddy pitch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I think that's it. Except um, well, you, I, you can't. You'd be remiss to not mention Kenley Jansen. I know. Yeah, literally the best. Yeah, he's a for my money the best. What are we going to say? In baseball. Yeah, it, yeah. It's Jansen has kind of turned into. Um, I, I certainly don't want to say he's on a level of Mo, but Jansen is a Mo type pitcher that he really throws one pitch, and you know what pitch is coming, and he throws it so well you just can't hit it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's also a do. cutter. Yeah, it's the cutter, yeah. just like like Mo always threw. Well, I think Jansen also had a great. Um, like he changes his windup perfectly. 
Yeah, I mean, Kenley, and he's a huge person. Right. Just a huge man. He was a catcher. I don't know if you guys remember, he played in the World Baseball Classic. <laughs> it was either the first or second one as a catcher for his country. Yeah, he uh, he played for, is it Dominican Republic? Is that where he's from? No, uh, he's from Venezuela, Curacao. He's from Curacao, Venezuela. Mm. Or not Curacao, Venezuela. Just Curacao. Why am I saying Curacao? Either yeah, way. I <laughs> yeah, I think he played for Venezuela, though, because they're, it's just off the coast right there. Right. Um, so do you want to just do a quick, like, what do you, what do you expect the finishing um, one, two, three, four, five to be? For sure. The standings? Yeah, uh, I could do that. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna go bold here and say the Dodgers finish first. No way. Uh, stop the presses. Out we'll on see. a limb. <laughs> I've, I've got Diamondbacks finishing second, Rockies finishing third, Giants finishing fourth, and Padres finishing fifth. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give it away because we'll do our... our We're projections one, is I, next week, I think. Yep, I have the... D-backs and Rockies with the same record, so I just put the Diamondbacks. You just ahead gave of them. it away. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the only, I mean, it kind of depends on what year the Rockies have. I think the Rockies could possibly get second, and the Rockies could possibly get fourth too for me. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, with a second, third, or fourth finish. Um, the question being good enough, or is that is a third place finish going to be good enough for a wild card again? Not with the Brewers. Yeah. Yeah. Brewers, it's, um, and Cardinals, I think, have made a lot of good moves. Mm-hmm. I think the Cardinals yeah. are a team that really missed out on signing Lance Lynn. They, that, they, he should have been back with the, with the Cardinals, um, and it really shocked me when he wasn't. And they could really use Greg Holland, too. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. I mean, the Cardinals will find a way to get back in the postseason because they're the Cardinals. They're just a good well, baseball team. And that's that's the annoying thing about the Cardinals is not even just that they're a good baseball team. It's that if they have if they had three starters tomorrow and they broke camp with three starters and they would bring two starters from Triple A who would have Cy Young seasons. Exactly. And they, it seems like they do it every damn year. Yeah, Tommy Pham, shout out. Yeah. <laughs> Literally had a six war year and nobody, and nobody thought he was capable of doing anything. I like that the, was crazy. I like DeYoung a lot. Yeah, but is he another Aledmus Diaz, or is he actually going to stick this time? Oh, yeah, I forgot about him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, that's my point. They just have too many. They have too many players that can slot right. in and be good. Well, anyway, yeah. that kind of wraps it up for the the NL West at least. Maybe we'll do an NL Wild Card one when we're trying to slog through some things. Um, but we're going to take another quick break and answer some questions, and maybe talk about other things about the Rockies that could be a little bit better. We'll we'll see you guys after the break. All right, guys, uh, we're back here on the Rockville Podcast. Um, I wanted to lead in really quick with a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the MLB uh, inability to brand players a little bit and that guys don't really have superstars and whatnot. Um, and I brought up my seven-year-old nephew who lives in Cincinnati, and he listened to it and got a big kick out of it, but he wanted everybody to know that he also knows Billy Hamilton, Scott Shebler, Bronson Arroyo, Brandon Phillips, Scooter Jeanette, and Tucker Barnard. But that's all. Because Tucker who doesn't know Bronson Arroyo. Tucker Barnard. So he's very really? much a Reds fan, as you can tell. He knows a lot of Reds players. And maybe it goes <laughs> back again to him knowing a lot of players in his home market, but then not knowing players outside of his home market. But he just wanted everybody to know that he doesn't only know Joey Votto. Gotta make sure. Good for him. <laughs> Gotta set the record straight. Good for him. Um, so we're going to start with um, some questions. Um, 
And usually we'd go by older, but we're just gonna go to the one that's most important to start, which is uh, Evan's question on the rotation. Uh, thoughts on the rotation now that we're a little over halfway through spring training? Well, uh. my thought is, uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but my boy Antonio Sensatella has Sensitel the most Bay. innings pitched in yeah. spring training at 16 and two-thirds and has a 1.62 ERA. So shout out to Senzi being a lot better than I thought he was going to be so far. Does he finally have a third pitch? Mm, kind of. It's a work in progress still. Yeah, yeah. said so he's working on it. Did he have a rough day yesterday? For anybody that doesn't know, it's Sunday, March or May, yeah, March 18th that we record. <laughs> May 8th. It's uh, May so This is May 34th. So <laughs> I don't know Coming where to you I from am. the future. Did he have a rough, <laughs> did he have a rough day yesterday? Sensei. You just want him to have a rough day so that way John can be sad. Yeah, what no, are you trying to I do, didn't, bro? I didn't, Why are you I didn't, doing this to me? I didn't get to What's wrong with you? I, I mean, there was only four to. runs scored yesterday, so no, he did take the loss, but so there were four runs scored, um, but apparently none of them were earned. Oh yeah, nice. that was the issue. That's my boy. Three point two innings pitched, no earned runs. No earned runs. Four run. He he allowed. Where there were four runs scored that were. Uh, on his watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, he did give up a home run, and I don't understand. So it must have been an error that would have gotten them out that, of the yeah, inning. Because right. then every run after that does not count, Counts, which yeah. is right. weird. But yeah. I understand. So when we talk about the rotation, we always take it with a grain of salt in spring training because everybody's working on something. You know, somebody's working on that that curve that's just not working or the third pitch. Um, the second most innings pitched is Kyle Freeland. Um, he's, uh, he's struggling a little bit. But... Again, grain of salt. He's probably working on something. Um, yeah, and he's he's only given up one home run, so that's a good that's a good thing. Doing a lot better than John Gray in that department. I like the three walks. You know, Freeland had that uh, control issue, and he's at twelve strikeouts to three walks. <laughs> yeah, what I don't like is Tyler Anderson's eight walks to two strikeouts. That's Ugh, scary. He's really. I told you last me. podcast. I'm getting a little worried about Tyler Anderson, and y'all were like, "Don't worry about it." And I totally get it. I probably shouldn't, but mm-hmm. I am. Four home runs and eight walks. He, yeah, that's that's just bad. And I, I have not heard about him working on anything. He he might be, and it's just not reported. We don't his know. knee but, is uh, probably sprouting something he, again. Yeah, something that is. I mean, yes, yes, we beat a, we beat that dead horse. That it's spring training. Don't worry too much about it. But something that's a little concerning is of our maybe projected rotation. Um, we have one guy that has an ERA below five. And then yeah. you have Freeland, yeah. Bettis, Anderson, Gray, Marquez, uh, all have an ERA above five with Marquez and Gray sitting at 9.82 and 10.22 respectively. These 14 earned runs by John Gray are just really troubling. It's a little concerning. Yeah. Uh, and I, I know, I know he's been working. I can't remember what it was. He was working on a yeah. slide step, but yeah. I feel like, well, and also one of the games. Okay, grain of salt. Also, one of the games was worth first the Dodgers. Yeah. So who we never play in the regular season. Never once. Uh, he got um, he got pounded. And it's Marquez and Gray are both. Really they're struggling. giving up home runs, but their their whip is also. I mean, Gray's is nearly two. Marquez's is above over two. two. Yeah. Yeah, and I would I would say those are arguably our two most talented pitchers, other than. Yeah, yeah, I would say those are probably our two most talented guys, and they're struggling. Yeah, it's unfortunate. So then, and something we, I guess, we can never truly know the answer to. But I wonder how much, um, if you know, if you're a John Gray or Marquez, and you go out and you have a 
really bad spring. How much does that affect your confidence coming into the regular season? Right. Well, and especially with them being so young, you know, it's one of those things where they're yeah. not grizzled vets. You know, Zach Greinke, we talked about him earlier. He jokes every year when his velocity's down. Oh, you know, I just, I don't have it this, I don't have it anymore. <laughs> and he can have fun with it and joke around. But, yeah. you know, who knows with these guys, you know, this is only Marquez's second year and this is John Gray's, what, third or fourth year. It's, yeah. yeah. They're still young. Speaking of vets, Nate, what, what's your thoughts on Bettis? Well, it's just weird that he's taken on the role of being the veteran guy this year when he's not really... I, I never thought of him as a veteran guy, but it's just that our pitching rotation is so young that he's taking that, taking up that mantle. And uh, I don't know. We're Just our whole rotation doesn't have a lot to... I don't know, just a lot of experience to draw from. Yeah, I think the guys can look up to um, Bettis, though, just because of his cancer thing. And that's kind of something oh, yeah. that's bigger I mean, than baseball, obviously. A warrior. So, yeah, so I, I think he's still someone that the guys can look up to no matter what his performance is because he's always kind of a uh, you know, a symbol of fighting through and getting through tough times. You know, what I feel is the Rockies don't have a true stopper right now. Gray could be it, but... He needs to, like, I'm starting to, I'm, it's still spring training, great assault. Gray could be it, and he's got flashes of brilliance. But it'd be nice to have a veteran stopper. Well, and I don't know, last year the the way our rotation ended up panning out was a total surprise to me. I don't know about you guys, but it took me probably until the All-Star break to, to really start believing we had good pitchers. <laughs> um and now they're all going to be going through their sophomore year. So uh, there's just a lot of questions, and it, it would be very Rockies-like if they didn't have a good year. Mm. You know? Yeah. It all melted if they down. all went Jason Jennings on us. Oh. I think our sophomore year versus the Dodgers' sophomore year is going to be interesting to watch. With the John Gray thing we talked about um, the other day, some of the, the Vegas odds came out, and John Gray – is I want to say the thirteenth best odds in the NL to win the Cy Young, and Vegas put him at forty to one to win the Cy Young. Which, being that you have a guy like Scherzer and a guy like Kershaw also in the NL, they skew those results pretty heavily because both of them were almost even money. But forty to one to win the the Cy Young has is kind of interesting. It has Vegas paying attention yeah. to John Gray at least. Yeah, it's certainly not like astronomical odds, which. He, Probably better odds than we've seen from any Rockies pitcher in the last five years or so. Yeah. Guarantee it. Do you know I'm taking? Other the odds than maybe on? Kyle Kendrick, I bet Kyle Kendrick was like even money a couple years ago. Could have been. <laughs> <laughs> and then it went to a million to one after that starting. You know, <laughs> maybe the issue is we don't have any pitchers over forty. You know, that's oh, what we're really missing. We should re-sign Jamie Moyer. He can still pitch. Probably. You know who can really pitch now that I, I really am hoping somehow turns it around and continues this trend? The Poundsman. I saw that. Poundsman Brooks has got a, a 0.71 whip in seven innings. Yeah, he's got uh, seven strikeouts to one walk. I'm telling you, watch out for the Poundsman. <laughs> is he on a minor league deal with an invite or is he on a major league deal? Yeah, minor, uh, minor league deal with an invite. Okay. I think he has some sort of... I I would... I don't know for sure. I would think he would be some of the one of those guys that has that buyout if he's not on the major league roster by a certain date. Yeah. Um, and Pounders has been good. Uh, another guy that has 
been good so far uh, is still Russin again. I think we have as always. Yeah, we can look forward right. to another season of really enjoying Russin pitching. Adovino's look good. That's which what is uh, Tank nice. Industries was talking about, right? Yeah, that was his question. Was how has Russin looked this year? And as Jason was saying, he's looked like Chris Russin. He's looked like Russin again. Which, Although I don't know if you guys watched that uh, that Mariners Rockies dual prod, uh, broadcast a couple of weeks ago, and they tried to interview Chris Russin about his inning, and he looked so disinterested in that interview. <laughs> I'm not. He looked like he wanted anything, nothing to do with that interview. Yeah, totally I've not seen an interview with Russin um, that he didn't look that way. So <laughs> well, it was just funny because they had interviewed a Mariners guy like an inning or two before that, and he was like super engaged, and it was a long interview, and then they got to Chris Russin, and he was just like, nope. <laughs> Yeah, he had no part. He wanted no part of it. Yeah, Russell's yeah. earned run this year is also because of a home run, and yeah. that's and it was in that game. One of two hits. Yeah, he. I mean, he looked. They talked about it. I don't know if you guys watched that broadcast, but they talked about his quick pitch stuff and you know how he he wants to employ it you know a little bit more frequently this year and and try yeah. and um, not telegraph it. He felt like he was. Um, uh, there was points where he was kind of tipping that he was going to do it, and so he he wanted to kind of iron that out and make it a little bit better. So that's just something to watch out for this year. Well, that, that was probably my favorite favorite part of last year was seeing him beat um, Turner. Oh, uh, it was just the greatest. Rose what is it about? Turner. Is it like why? Aside from the fact that he plays for the Dodgers, Justin Turner is just unlikable to me, and I've never been able to put my finger on it. I just do not like him. I mean, that was the the thing that really made me not like him was that he was just whining to the ump about it the whole time. And maybe, yeah, maybe that's it. I just, he's one of those players that you just dislike because you dislike him and you can never really quantify why you dislike him. I don't, I can give you you two reasons. It's the beard looks gross. I know it, I know it's full and it's not like a gross Arenado beard, but it looks gross. His (laughs) hair looks gross. It's not Brandon Crawford gross, but it still looks gross. Welcome to the Vogue. uh, yeah, on the baseball mm. sub, he so always gets thrown into the top third for, baseman stuff. And I'm like, he's really period. good, but just move him off the top third baseman stuff. I'm sorry. I don't dislike him because he reminds me of the guy from Game of Thrones. I mean, you can't hate that guy. Oh, what's, what's yeah. I, I, I feel like I know who you're talking about, and I don't even watch he's Game the of guy Thrones. From the, Northern, you're talk- the guy yeah. from the North. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, we, so the other things that are interesting, um, Oberg hasn't been bad. Diaz hasn't been bad. Um, Esva's just tweaked his left side muscle. Um, but if, say, McMahon really doesn't make the team, and say uh, Tapia doesn't make the team, uh, and we have Cargo now, what if we, like, just really don't have a bench? You know, it's something I've thought about, um, is when we have, like, a long homestand, like, seven or ten days, mm-hmm. why not have nine bullpen guys? Because... You don't, yeah, it shortens your bench by a guy, but it's so important to have a deep bullpen for a long homestand in Coors that I just feel like it would be an interesting, and I know Bud Black would never do it because we had to convince him to do eight bullpen arms last mm-hmm. year. Like, British had to pull him aside and say, we're doing eight bullpen arms, figure it out. If we did, so, right now the depth chart shows uh, 10 bullpen arms, and if we took Roscup off, that'd be nine. And that would mean yeah. Diaz, Estevez, Oberg, Russin, McGee, Ottavino, Shaw, Dunn, and Davis. And then I think it all depends on if Otto ever turns it around. He's had he's been walking guys again this spring, which is the worry yeah. of him. 
I, be- I believe that um, Ross Cup is one of two players that we have that is out of options. So and he's not having a good spring either. Yeah. So the other one is yeah, it's it's, it's Zach Roscup and Chris Russin, which obviously Russin won't be going up and down, but right. Zach Roscup is out of options. So if we wanted to send him to the minors, he needs to clear waivers. Uh-oh. We could we could Roscup did something good for us last year, but I don't think he's needs to be around much longer. Yeah, he's definitely definitely not somebody I would cry about losing. Um I mean, we obviously have um, the largest question asked by M4XDC. Why does it be like this when I don't think it do? When I don't think that, it do. Add it even more into the question. Question mark. Yeah. <laughs> um, it just is. It just yeah. is. That's, that's, uh, that's how it goes in this world. It just is. It's the, it's the Colorado Rockies way. Yeah. Uh, uh, the... Uh, Oh, go, Jason. I just was going to say that um, another question that we had was from Tank Industries, who just said uh, talking about Russin. So when you, it's clear that to me, like not to get more into Russin again, it's just clear to me that that he's a guy that the fans are really um, betting on this year. Like people are paying attention to Russin, and something about that just makes me happy because a guy like Russin is so important to the Rockies, and when fans are seeing that and recognizing it, it just speaks to the kind of the engagement with the team that we're seeing so far this year. I would like a Russ in Jersey. I just don't know if he's going to stay around with us. Yeah. Uh, he, he's still in arbitration. Oh, Nick Hundley just hit a three-run home run. He's 31. So Ooh. Nick Hundley hit a home run. Uh, Madison Bumgarner hit a home run off Brian Shaw. Um, That's cool. Yeah. Uh, so the Rockies are getting... It's 13 to nothing Giants right now. <laughs> wow. So basically this is not a good game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not a good game. But like, Brian Shaw is a lot to prove. I don't... He sounded nice, but now that Diaz is uh, is doing better and Estevez is okay, I mean, how many? I how think many Brian Shaw has a lot to prove. Yeah, I, it's just the contract is all. You know, people are going to judge him just like we do with Desmond, just like we do with Para, just based off the contract. And he's pitched, I guess, he's pitched four innings before today, so I'd assume he pitched one inning. So he's pitched five innings now. Um, he gave up a home run to. Madison Bumgarner, which is a bummer, and mm-hmm. that Hundley home run was also off him. So in the yeah. inning he's pitched so far, he's given up four runs. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, not great. Not good. That's less than oh. ideal. <laughs> that that's ERA insane. is going to go through the roof. Right. Yeah. Um, All right. Pass. Pass for patties. Yeah. So he asks. Uh, so Desi is apparently alive and not a pile of flaming garbage. Uh, do you see a straight platoon with him at first base with McMahon? Maybe allowing for some playing time for our your outfielders. I don't know. Oh, I'm assuming he meant young out young outfielders. Yeah, I would assume so too. Uh, as we discussed earlier, it sounds like McMahon's going to start the year in AAA, and that's Dumb. unfortunate. So, sounds like it's going to be Ian Desmond's job, which is also unfortunate. I don't know how many more times I should say unfortunate. Three more. <laughs> it's all unfortunate. <laughs> It's unfortunate that you didn't work unfortunately into that sentence more. Yeah, it's true. It's um, unfortunate that Ian Desmond has to play first. He has to. Yeah, because, you know, there's uh, there's unintended consequences of that Carlos Gonzalez signing, and this is certainly one of them. Right. I'm going to look forward to the drag. Fa- you guys know drag factor? No. It was Purple Row put it forward uh, like a couple years ago, and it's some kind of stat on how much you cost the team. 
and I'm hoping that I don't have to look forward to Ian Desmond's drag factor, but it's going to be bad. Yeah, at this rate. yeah it, doesn't, it doesn't seem like it's going to be positive for us. I mean, basically, the value he has is that he can play the outfield and middle infield and play it okay defensively and have at least, an, in theory, an okay bat. If you put him at first base... He has no defensive value there, and he has to hit much better than he should. Yeah, I mean, it's all that he can fill in places that we might need him. We kind of already addressed Dinger's ball boys question about the outfielders and how we can make an an entire roster of outfielders now. (laughs) But he also wonders if uh, Tapia would be a good headliner for a JT Real Muto trade. Keystone light piece. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I suppose we talked about it a couple weeks ago that the Marlins um, on their depth chart, their starting center fielder is a guy that has never played above triple or double A. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Is that still yeah. the case? Probably so, not. I, I'm sure. I don't know. I don't. I don't pay attention to the Marlins. I'm sorry. <laughs> but maybe Tapia would be a guy that would be in their cards. Now, would literally you want anybody to see Tapia go? would be a person for the Marlins. Yeah, as long as they're cheap. They have Maben. Oh, yeah, that's right. They signed Cameron Mabin because so, I so, kind of like that guy for no some, reason whatsoever. So, yeah. so Mabin will be their center fielder? I guess. I mean, if we um, could trade for Real Muto and Justin Bauer and give up all five of our extra outfielders, I'd be fine with it. <laughs> you know, I don't know if you guys have looked. Like, I, I'm weird and dissect the actual trades. You the are. Ones, dude. Just, um, they are like trying to get athletic, toolsy kind of guys, and Tapia does fit that bill. Um but they did trade for Lewis Brinson and Monty Harrison, who are their versions of Raimel Tapia, and they're projected to be better versions of Raimel Tapia. So I'm not sure if they would want another toolsy center field prospect. Yeah, but if they're like us, they want all of the same position. All the outfielders. Yeah. <laughs> are you a lefty? I mean, Mike, do you Mike Hill also went to Harvard with Jeff Breidich, so maybe that's the Harvard way. You know what else is just super sad to me? Um, so David Dahl, we were giving him so much crap for so long. <laughs> and would you guys know, do you guys know who's leading the, the Rockies in runs batted in? Is it David Dahl? It's David goddamn Dahl. <laughs> you know, it was basically the second that the rumor came out that we were talking to Carlos about a one-year deal, he just took off. And now he's not going to play for us until we do yeah. some. I just don't know. Like, wh- is there. Were they just traded an outfielder yet? Yeah, Corey Dickerson. Corey Dickerson, yeah. Right. Yeah, the, that the, thing. The one guy that we didn't want him to trade. The one guy we yeah. didn't want him to trade. He <laughs> traded. I know. I remember saying going into this offseason, he needed to trade away an outfielder, and instead he signed Gerardo Parra and traded the best outfielder <laughs> on the team. Right. And then also, we've, we've got Hilliard, who's. Like there's just so many outfielders. What if Cuevas is worth something? Just trade like, uh, like a Dahl and a Cuevas and Brian Mundell for power. Well, I don't think you could trade. David I would Dahl. love to keep David Dahl, but when's he gonna play? And is he ever gonna be healthy? Well, I think the thing with David Dahl is, is his ceiling is so high, and yeah, he just yeah. lost an entire year. So on the trade market, he's not gonna have David Dahl trade value. So he's, you have to keep him. I, fa- I just found our solution. I didn't realize this, but Sam Hilliard has played first base. 
Nice. Oh, yeah, there it is. There we right go. Done. See, we're done. We're done. We're over. <laughs> we found the next Todd Helton. It only took us eight years. Seven years? Six years? He, he has played first base. So he has played, he's played 36 and two-thirds innings of first base. And, uh, I mean, clearly this is the best stat to go by because he's got a 1,000 fielding percentage. So Ooh. Nice. There it is. That's good. <laughs> I, like having, I like having a Sam at first, you know? I get yeah. used to that. Yeah. Go for it. Ian doesn't <laughs> sound as good at first. No, Ian doesn't sound good. I just don't like the yeah. name Ian. I'm Ian. sorry to every Ian out there in the world. <laughs> Apologies to all Ian who subscribes. I'm sure there's an Ian that'll listen to okay, this. Okay, other Ians of the world, we like you. John doesn't. We still need your subscriptions, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Your name bothers me. Your name bothers me. Um, so, yeah, spring training's almost over. And otherwise, you can't take a lot from it, but... I, I I would love to be more optimistic, I think, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I think we'll probably all get to March 29th, I think it is, and we'll probably all be so excited that we'll forget about our worries. For the rest of our days. And be fine. <laughs> yeah. Is that your promise-free philosophy? <laughs> wow, I have children, and you know more about the Jungle Book than I do. So. You're wrong. It's not, not even It's not even the Jungle Book. <laughs> Oh, it's not? That sounds like the Jungle Book. You gotta have respect for The Lion King. They're remaking it for the fifth time. What? Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's a Lion King remake. Yeah, Disney Disney's going all in on the remakes right now. Good. Good. Why? I need that in my life. I need that in my life, Zach. You don't understand. Less Ian's, more Disney remakes. <laughs> well, I think that's what the Rockies do. They just start signing Disney remake after Disney remake. Carlos Gonzalez to Cinderella 2, 3. You know? <laughs> Nice. So I'm going yes. back and looking at some of the, <laughs> some of the stats. Really yes, quick. Jason, please. Just <laughs> for Disney. I'm going back and looking really quick at just some of the stats from last um, spring training. And guys that had a lot of at-bats who did well are Dustin Garneau. Um, Ouch. Okay. Tony Walters. Anthony Benboom again Ouch. is on there. Ouch. Okay. Uh, What's with our catchers? Steven Cardulo, actually. Oh, I totally forgot him. about him. Yeah. So last year we had a lot of we had a lot of no names that had just a few at bats. Um, Tyler Nevin, Josh Fuentes, who is Nolan Arenado's cousin, mm. uh, and things like that. So I guess if if we were doing this podcast one year ago today and looking at our um, spring training stats, I think we'd be having the exact same conversation, actually. Of hey, so Hakuna Matata. Everybody. Yeah, so maybe 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 we're just we're, we're we're reading too much into it, and we're we're putting too much weight in things that aren't going to really affect the season. That's the episode name. Yeah, it won't affect it unless it does. Unless it does, <laughs> and then it'd be like it do. And then it'd be like yes. it do. All right, uh, I think it, I think we're gonna sign off now, guys. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. We yeah. appreciate every one of you except for the Ians. We except need the, the Ians. Don't listen to John. <laughs> It's a big demographic. <laughs> All right, guys. I hope you have a good week. Yeah. Take care. So, yeah. Stop.